BJ Game Show. I'm BJ with an AY. And I'm BJ without an AY because it's not available as a permanent upgrade. Thank you for joining us on our second podcast. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about 20XX, which was BJ's pick. And um, also we're going to get to know each other a bit more about our gaming, what we like and what we've done in the past. We're going to have a round of Master Blaster Mind. Master Blaster Mind. I'm going to start first. What's the first game you played? Right. The first game I played, uh, I am pretty damn sure, was Super Mario Brothers 2. My cousin had an NES, but the person who really played that game was my aunt. Like, she was massively into it. And that prompted me to beg my parents for an NES for, I think, Christmas 1990. I did watch my my brother play sort of Atari and Commodore 64 games, but I don't think I really played them. How about you, BJ? For as long as I can remember, we always had some kind of gaming system in the house. So I'm pretty sure we had... Pong system when I first, <laughs> uh, but I don't really remember playing it as a as a sitting down and playing. So I'm going to go with the Commodore 64 game Gianni Sisters. That was my first intro to platform gaming. So very similar to Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. but um, I always thought that Mario was the rip off. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, the music. I just have to hear the music and I get all the tingles, you know. So, um, And that was my brother's Commodore 64 that I used to hijack when he mm. was at work. <laughs> okay, so I have a question for you, and that is, what is the strangest thing you've done in real life for a game? Okay, well, it wasn't just for a game, but there was games with it. I bought a Nintendo Wii, a second-hand one, about... Five years after it came out, I was quite broke at the time because I was studying uh, and living on my own for the first time. And I bought a Wii off of, I don't know if it was Gumtree or something like that. It was before Facebook Marketplace. And I ended up having to catch the train to Sydney Central Station, which is the busiest station there is in Australia. And go meet a stranger in the corner of the station whilst I handed over cash and he handed me a big styrofoam box full of games and a console and all the Wii sports bits and pieces and stuff like that. And then I had to just take take it and carry it home on the train. <laughs> it seemed all very, very dodgy at the time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking that would have been 10 or 12 years ago before they started doing Central Station up. So <laughs> when you oh, say yeah, a quarter yeah. of Central. It was, and it was like it was literally in the corner. We went right to one of the corners, um, yeah, and just stood oh. there and did the exchange over. And I'm like, here's your meth lab. <laughs> 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 so, yes, very dodgy. 
That's really What funny. about yourself? <laughs> um, so for me, uh, I quite like going to Japan. Both myself and my husband uh, are a big fan of a, of a lot of Japanese pop culture. Um, for me, it's games. And so I will buy a lot of secondhand games while I'm in Japan. And um, at one point, there was a couple of games I wanted for Dreamcast, but I didn't have a Dreamcast. But I discovered that it's very easy to sort of make a Dreamcast multi-region. And so in Australia, you want to buy a Dreamcast, you're looking at 300 bucks back at this time. And in Japan, I found one for 50 bucks. Wow. And it was all like nice and shrink wrapped. We took it back to the hotel room, we tested it, it worked. But packing to come home, we'd both done a lot of shopping. And <laughs> there wasn't room for the Dreamcast in my suitcase. And I thought, well, it's light, I'll take it in my carry-on. Now, the problem with taking a game console in your carry-on luggage is that when it goes through the x-ray machine, it just looks like a box full of wires. Yeah. So I get, I get pulled aside by a customs official who asks me to open my bag, and I do so, and I take it out. This is Dreamcast wrapped in cling film. <laughs> and he just looks at me and says, Dreamcast? As if to say, it's 2014. Why have you got a Dreamcast? <laughs> And I just said, these are very expensive in Australia and much cheaper in Japan. And he just sort of looked at me up and down and handed the Dreamcast back to me and said, thank you, sir, and waved me off. <laughs> so um, the end of the story is the, the voltage converter we bought for it didn't work. So we haven't used the Dreamcast since we bought it. Ah, oh, you've never turned, like, you've never got it on. No. Nope, so we haven't played Godzilla Generations or Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh, sounds like you're missing out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I had, uh, not quite, but with a, um, uh, when I took my Game Boy to America in, what, 97, so way after it came out, uh, the security guard made me take it out and turn it on, and he actually jumped when it did the ding noise. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I get you. Before we get down to 20XX, we actually have another listener comment uh, that came in after we recorded our I Am Dead episode. Which was our first podcast that we did. And if you want to go back and listen to that, it will be linked in the show notes. But this comment uh, on I Am Dead is from Jamie at Gembot on Twitter. And she says... I was so shocked by how moving and fun it was. I cried almost immediately after starting it and cried again at the ending. It was the perfect level of beautiful and silly all wrapped in one. So many fun details as well. I 100%ed it and wished there was more. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's fantastic. So she did all the extra tasks 100%. I don't think I had the patience for that. No, I mean, yeah, hats off to you for doing Mr. Mistopheles or whatever the annoying little goat fox was. <laughs> All of his tasks. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. Hats off to you, Jamie, and, and thank you very much yeah. for writing in and yeah, thank you for getting writing. that all done. Lovely. So I guess, yeah, we're going to talk about 20XX then. A very different game that BJ picked for this month's um, play-along, so... I'll let you kick it off and, and tell us a little bit about it. It's been in my backlog for a while of wanting to play it um, because it's inspired by Mega Man, and particularly Mega Man X. And I loved Mega Man games as a kid. 
I didn't finish my first Mega Man game until I was 37, which gives you an idea of the, the difficulty level and my attention span. It's available on everything. Like, I think it's even available on Mac OS. So, like, <laughs> win- Windows, That is Mac. everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox One series, and Switch, which is what I played on. And what is sort of unique about it is that the levels are procedurally generated. So they're different each playthrough, different each time. There's, I think, 10 different mini-bosses and then a final boss. Some of the mini-bosses are vulnerable to the powers of of other bosses, just like they were in the original Mega Man series. And it is a roguelike game, which... I have only ever played one roguelike game before, and that was Rogue Legacy, and I gave up pretty quickly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I haven't even played that. But yeah, and I am going to say, through all my playthroughs of this game, I was playing on the easy mode that gives you three lives. (laughs) Every time, yeah. I guess for a first time, that makes sense. Yeah. Excellent. So, as your first, well, your proper first roguelike, like, how did you find having get through a certain distance and then dying and then having to start all over again. I think I think having the three lives softened the blow a bit, as well as if you fall like into a pit in this, you only lose one bit of health. It's not an it's not an insta kill. Um, I don't know if that's the case on the single life level, but it would surprise me if it was, like because it's really easy to fall off. <laughs> I found. Yes. And also, I I think the design work is just gorgeous. Yeah, it looks love like I, I love the the cartoon look that it's got going for it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's kind of funny to me that this is so very clearly steeped and based in Mega Man, when Mega Man was a rip off of Astro Boy to begin with. <laughs> But also, just before this came out, the original creator of Mega Man created Mighty Number no. Nine, which which didn't do well. Didn't do well, and that's right. Like, I remember. Yeah, it looks sort of quite bland and lifeless, and the levels weren't very interesting. So it's like I don't think this game was a response. It must have been in development at the same time. But everything Mighty Number no. Nine gets wrong, Twenty XX like turns that all the way up. Like it's vibrant design and. It rewards replaying by mixing up the elements. And we'll refer to this a couple of times in the podcast, but BJ and I actually just had a one-hour run of the game together and got to level nine, and that's the furthest I've ever got. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, I I would like to humbly apologise to all the listeners at home. No, I haven't finished it. Uh, but I did I did watch the ending in preparation for the podcast because I figure we have to discuss it. But just, you know, my my first impressions of it were they were really favorable. What was your first impression? So I you came from a from an angle that you'd played Mega Man. Mm-hmm. And I've never played a Mega Man, which um must go back and do now. <laughs> um but I come from a, a perspective of playing roguelikes, which I think I mentioned last podcast, it's not something I thought I would ever be into, um, but it's quite appealing to me and a little bit addictive. <laughs> so, <laughs> and quite, you know, you're like, oh, why did I spend all that time just to die at 11 o'clock at night when I've got to get up early, you know. But um, it, I find it keeps you coming back 
for more and more. And what I like about that is that back in the days when we, you know, as kids we learnt to play games, you would only have three lives. And then once you ran out of those three lives, you had to start all the way from the start. So it's kind yeah. of like a, a new take on that. Um, I find sometimes when I'm playing platforms, the if the game's not interesting enough, the fact that you die and nothing happens doesn't give me any challenge. You just, oh, well, I'll just run headfirst into this boss and, you know, and whereas with a roguelike, you have to be more careful and I think it just adds that little element of, um, you know, uh, excitement to it. But then you get your, your, your bonus of getting extra points to buy new things to make the next run different and that's what I really like about roguelikes. With this one, yes, I... Um, it's very different to playing Dead Cell because uh, this one's much more of a it's a platform shooter, whereas Dead Cells is more it's not as much platforming. Where this is very heavily platforming, so I hadn't played a heavy game like that in a while. It kind of reminded me a bit of um, The Messenger. I don't know, have you played mm. The Messenger? So yes, yeah. Um, just that kind of doing the platforming, but I loved the look at it because um, I like things like um, Monster, Bo- is it Monster Boy in Wonderland and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So I, at first, as, as you do, you're frustrated, but as I got more and more into it, I, I just, yeah, I definitely got addicted on it and I did see it all the way through to the end. I was hey. determined to get there <laughs> and it was such a relief. When I <laughs> I'd been obsessing over this game for like three weeks, and then I was like, once I was done, I thought I'll have another playthrough just with some other characters and that. But yeah, um, I was done once I'd gotten that end. I was ready to move on to the next game. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I'm definitely going to go back and and finish it. It. <sighs> It's kind of weird. I, I, I went through enjoying it at the beginning and then my second and third playthroughs, I'm like, mm, mm, oh, no, I don't, you know, I don't like this. But then I, ca- I came through again. It's like, no, 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 I'm getting used to it now. This is great. This is brilliant, you know. And then, you know, I actually started going, oh, yeah, yeah, of course the ice weapon is going to work on the fire monkey. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah. Once you start figuring out all the little tricks... Uh, it definitely makes it better. And I thought that the the items that you could buy every time you die was quite good. I always worry when I play roguelites and that that I'm so bad at them that <laughs> when you die, you get to a point that you don't get any new items. You know, it's just uh, some more coins or something instead of actually something that helps you with your run. Where this one, I never felt like I ran out of new things to add to the game to make it play differently or better and eventually yeah I got all everything just lined up with the right skills and the right abilities to be able to get all the way through so I was very very happy with that yeah yeah it's definitely a learning curve like every time you do a run through you learn a new thing like depending on your play style what you prefer to use you're like oh actually I should be picking up more power or I should be actually concentrating on just health but it took me three goes at the final boss to do it um so i will disclose i played on the hardest to start with so i made sure i got through all the nine initial bosses on normal which is only one life once you're dead you're dead 
once I realized that there was no way I was going to get through the last two levels <laughs> without extra help, I then added that. But I had a rule and that was that the minute I died whilst playing the smaller bosses, uh, the first nine levels, I would start again like it was a road right. Even if I had two lives left because there was no point in me continuing uh, because yeah. I needed those last two lives right at the end. And I think by the end, I think I got all the way to the final boss with all lives intact, and that's the only reason I got through it. Wow. So Cool. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Do you know how many hours you played on it at all? Um, hold on. I'll, I'll get it up on my screen right now. We're doing this live, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up. It's supposed to be 10 to 15 hour game. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... When I got to the 10-hour point, I just missed out on getting through the ninth boss to get into the last sections, and I was devastated. <laughs> I was so hoping to be able to make it through to at least a boss by the 10-hour point, and that just didn't happen. So I've got 15 hours, <laughs> and, 15 I hours. Haven't, and I haven't finished it. <laughs> 35 hours for me to finish it. (laughs) Right. I mean, some of that might have been sitting in pause and just letting it sit there, but it was around when I checked the Nintendo thing. It was, yeah, 35 hours. I don't often play a lot of games after work at night, but every single night I was getting on and having one or two runs and going, okay, it takes me about an hour to get to this point. Have I got enough time to get another run in? Mm-hmm. Mm. I will say that um, something that did annoy me in 20XX, and <laughs> we we had this during our joint playthrough, is the very safe laboratory, which <laughs> which gives so it gives you these buffs, but really they're nerfs. So for instance, it might double your attack power but halve your health kind of thing, but it doesn't tell you exactly what it's going to do. It'll have a cryptic clue. Like, if it were doubling your attack power and halving your health, it would be the key to being happy in life is giving half as much as you receive, you know, and you have to infer from that. But usually it's a little out-of-the-way shop because there's these shops in levels where you can get, you know, other buffs and whatnot. Um, But what happened was we were doing a boss fight and I, I thought I died during the boss fight, but I didn't. But then there was a little corpse of me on the screen as well. And we're, we're both like, hey, what, what's happening? Go check that out. And I went and clicked on it. And it had one of these very safe laboratory things, which I'd had before, which basically reduced your health by 15 points, but gave you 15 points of armor, which doesn't regenerate. Um, and you can't, you know... It doesn't um, drop as much. It doesn't drop game. as much. Yeah. And I thought, oh, God, I've picked it up. I want to put it down. But I hadn't picked it up. And then when I pressed the button again, it picked it up and wouldn't let me put it down. And it affected both of us. <laughs> yeah, the game actually glitched and half put it on me but didn't give me the armor. It it let me keep my health until it was all gone. And then it only gave me that I could only pick up to five bars of health. It was... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, he, and then... No wonder we didn't uh, make it. <laughs> yeah. After the next time I died, it was giving me five bars of health as well, but I kept getting hit and my health wasn't going down. Like, it was mm. it was, re- it was really weird. And, you know, I don't have a problem with it being in the game, but 
that one kind of snuck up on me. <laughs> yeah. I stayed away from him. Yeah. We recorded our gameplay and I'll just give you the audio when I realise that I've made a horrible mistake. I believe you survived. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, hey, um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure I did. Like, look, there's a little like pile of my body back there. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, maybe you regen. Uh, go back to your body. I think you can sometimes, if you pick up your body, can you? Can you oh yeah. Get out of it. Incredible protection shields are for. Oh no! Oh no! No, you picked it up. What is it? Oh, it's it's. Oh, it's got rid of all their health oh. and replaced it with armor. I'm sorry, I didn't know what was oh, going on. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah, so I would like to again apologize to BJ <laughs> for, nerf <laughs> for nerfing her. <laughs> that was very funny. Yeah, we had to go through that and we still made it as far as we did. So I think we did pretty well. Yeah, I would also like to say to the listeners that like I chose this, but when we're playing two players, BJ was the one dropping knowledge. Like, okay, we go after this boss first, because then we can use this boss against this boss. Um, okay, I'm going to go ahead and clear out this area, because you're on one health. <laughs> sort of, yeah, it goes to show that I paid 35 hours of this game. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I think, yeah, I think it's also, I am perhaps less strategic than I should be <laughs> when, I, when I'm playing this. <laughs> I felt bad because I knew there was strategics with um, the bosses, but I didn't really do it. And when I started getting to the point where it was over and over and over again, I kind of did – I did a quick – just a very quick look up and because I thought maybe it was a case of this energy power works best on this one and was sort of like one boss would only be better on another boss sort of thing, but it wasn't like that. It was a bit more blurred of um, if you do it this way, but that'll work on multiple bosses. So I just went, oh, I'm pretty much doing what I'm meant to be doing anyway. But yeah. I got very strategic about the um, the first level you get, you don't have a choice in. It's It generates on its own and there's four different, different types of zones so there's ice level where everything's very mm -hmm. slippery then you've got one that's like fire and uh, like an industrial so molten lava and stuff like that with fireballs and all that sort of stuff then you've got um the sky temple so lots mm -hmm. of platforms moving laser beams jumping up trying to get up and then another one that's more like a, a like a, a plant level sort of yeah got, yeah like overgrown yeah. buildings and things yeah yeah and so with vicious plants and creatures and stuff like that and I started figuring out what I was better at because the levels will change depending on at what point you play them in because you get to choose when you get end of the boss you get to choose three different stages mm. and so the further you you leave a level to later in the game, the harder it gets. And I think it also goes by what special abilities you put on because I started coming across new things depending on what I had equipped as my special power. Yeah. So, because I thought, oh, I'm going to easily be able to do this because I've got this special power to get through this level. But no, they mix it up so that you can't. Uh, so what I thought was the best way of doing things wasn't at the end. And I was very strategic about, I would play this kind of level first, this level, this level. And then I had a specific boss that I wanted to play at the, the end to get through to the, the main boss. So mm. I just had to get through it. I, I'd put too many hours into it not to finish. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's kind of like um, until we played that round together, I had never seen those enemies that generate a big force field around them before. Yes. To the point that there was a there was a moment where you sort of jumped into the force field to climb up a wall, and I went, "Oh, that doesn't hurt you." <laughs> No, lucky. Oh, I'd think, okay. I think at first I thought it would. I thought it would bounce me off mm. or drain my life. But um, I think I fell into one once. I went, oh, this is actually not hurting this me. It's just fine. protecting the creatures that are behind the force fields. So yeah. yeah, yeah. But all the bosses change as well, depending on what level you take it at. So it'll start adding in extra spikes, or um, if you've got two bosses, it'll regenerate the second one, which I'd got badly done by <laughs> the first time I came across that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the twins, the, the, the twins. fire and ice. Yeah, when you said that, I'm like, what, they regenerate? Because maybe because I'd only played them on level two or whatever before that. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a very clever game in that sense. That's why I found it really interesting because it wasn't the same playthrough every time because um, even with some regenerated games it's it's still the same feel each time just things are in different places where this had different feels depending on at what point in the game you played that level yeah totally and the the Mega Man series that it takes its cues from uh generally speaking the bosses will be incredibly weak to one weapon so it's kind of like once you know the boss it's easiest to kill with your main gun you then know the order then the final levels are really, really hard, but it means you can get through those early levels really, really simply. Whereas this, as you say, you've you've really got to think about it. You've got to think about conserving your your special power and making sure you've got the right special power to go into that area. I have to confess, this is also where my sort of Mega Man experience let me down a bit because when I play Mega Man, I save my special weapons for the boss. So I'm going through the levels the regular levels of 20XX not using the special weapons until I realise getting your special power back is much easier than getting health back. Mm. And it's like, oh, 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 I can get past this really easily, actually. <laughs> I'm, 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 you know, creating a rod for my own back and taking like six damage to save one energy pellet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, and then if you get the right kind of um, outfit, like, one of the skills was any excess health that you find, it will turn into power. That's a really handy one to have. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, as well as your main gun and the, the weapons you get from the bosses, you do have all these these armors that have various, um, various buffs and capabilities. Yeah, turning energy into power and vice versa, upping your attack, giving you hover boots. So you're hovering around like Princess Peach in Super Mario 2. So naturally I chose that. <laughs> Which I could not get the handle of. So. Yeah. Yeah, whereas the one time I got the double jump, I kept forgetting I had it and I would start falling off into the abyss and then go, oh, wait, I've got a double jump and press it, at which point I was already halfway off the screen and it didn't matter anyway, <laughs> you know, mm. whereas the hover boots, um, I still did the same thing, but I looked really cool. <laughs> it's definitely designed for people that like platforming. I took my Nintendo Switch over to my friend's place that I was babysitting her five-year-old son, and he's got a Switch as well. And I was playing 20XX while he was playing Kirby, 
And he's like, can I have a go? And he picked up. He couldn't even get past the first section. He didn't know how to grab onto walls and climb up. So uh, yeah, like, yeah, the wall yeah. Jump, and yeah. I'm like, oh, no, this is not like – and that was in the very first section. It's like, yeah, you need to know how to game to play it for sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. One thing we haven't mentioned is uh, the different characters. Yes, yes. Yeah, so the the base character is is Nina, who is dressed in blue like Mega Man. And has an arm blaster like Mega Man, and even that blaster can be up, <laughs> upgraded. So you've got a four way a four way shot, like up, down, left, right, or you've got like a triple shot. The forculator. The forculator. That's it. Um, and I think the star shot is the four way shot. And when we yes. were playing through, we 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 had one each because I like the star shot and you like the forculator. <laughs> That worked really well because you could get things that were flying directly above us where I could get it up at an angle. So with boss fights, that actually worked very well. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really great. So that's Nina. Um, what do we think of Ace, who's the other playable character? I tried to play Ace once and... Just no. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I need a, you need a long range when you're first starting out. You may want to do it later to make it a bit harder on yourself, but you need a long range weapon, which yeah. Ace doesn't really have. Mm. So he just has a sword that does. He has an axe, I think, that he can throw. But yeah. Yeah. No, I I had I had the same experience with Ace because yeah, Ace has like a a lightsaber basically, uh, which looks really cool, and he's still got the same movement as Nina. But yeah, it might be something for when I'm more experienced with the game. And um, so, like Nina's based on Mega Man, Ace is based on Zero from the Mega Man series, who similarly is in red and has a beam sword. Um, and I've probably got that terminology wrong and I'll be kicked out of the Mega Man fan club, but that's okay. <laughs> so we'll move into some spoilers uh, because, yes, I have completed it and Brendan's watched the end of it. <laughs> and he will complete it at some stage, I'm sure. I, I uh, maybe I'll ask him next time, next podcast. <laughs> so once you complete the game, we sort of didn't talk about you're in a like a cyber world, something goes wrong and there's a couple of evil professors I'm not quite sure. If, do you know, understand the storyline completely, Brent? Yeah, so from, so from what I can see, like, the professors are a take on Mega Man's creator, Dr. Light, and his old assistant, Dr. Wily, and Dr. Wily becomes the villain. They even look a bit like Light and Wily, but I got the impression from what I saw that um, these two are, like, trying to make the perfect killer robot. And so they keep sending Ace and Nina into all these situations. So it's kind of like sometimes when you finish a run and beam back, there's a little cutscene where they blow you out of an airlock or incinerate you or something. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's like, don't don't worry about any bones you see. They're technically not yours. (laughs) (laughs) So that gets really interesting and part of the spoiler because Mm -hmm. when you get to the final boss... Part of the in-between fighting the final boss and, and chasing that, him around, the other characters that are attacking you are Nina and Ace, and I think they're like diff- just older versions of you or yeah, um, yeah. yeah just different models, and so they're attacking you. So you're fighting yourself at the same time. So. Ah, okay. Yeah, I saw that in the video and I didn't, get, I didn't know the context. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, because um, in the the when we played it together, was that the first time you'd seen your own body? 
Yes. Okay. So what ah. happens is, is when you get to a certain place, if you die, and you can come across it again. You can then pick up a special power from your own body. So what we're seeing is either different models or ones that didn't work or, yeah. I had just died to that boss just before I played you. And I thought it was so weird that I got the same ah. freaking nerf from it. Oh, my God. That makes so much sense. There you go. So that's why you got that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so the next yeah. time you go into the game, you'll find yourself <laughs> probably in where we finished um, the playthrough. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You know, this is like suddenly realising what the end of 2001 A Space Odyssey <laughs> might mean. Uh, <laughs> Okay, that's interesting because, like, I've played a yeah. lot of Shovel Knight, and in Shovel Knight, if you die, when you go back to where you died, there's there's treasure. And I kind of thought, oh, that's weird that that doesn't seem to happen. It does happen here. It's just that because the levels are, are randomly random. generated to an extent. Yeah. Um, actually, now that I come to mention the random levels, it does mean that occasionally there's a space that's really hard to get to where a treasure chest might be, but sometimes there's not a treasure chest there, and that's very annoying. Yes. <laughs> the number of times in the early, uh, like, playing before I got enough um, skills up, the number of times I went, oh, so this is how I'm going to die. I That is one <laughs> gripe of the game when you first start out is I know that you're meant to only get through stuff if you've got certain skills, but every now and then I would get to a spot that I would get caught and there was just no way to get out of it. Um, either yeah. a bird was sitting right on top of it and there was just no way of escaping it. And you would just die and you're like, I've gone through, you know, 40 minutes of the game and I die because of something so stupid. Mm. Um, that was something that really upset me at the start. But, you know, it became less and less as you got more skills. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in our joint game, after I had lost my final life and you were you were carrying on and trying to get past those flamethrowers and you were freezing them but then you ran out of special power and mm. yeah and you you know you you kind of successfully climbed up past them and then there was an enemy waiting right on the ledge for you and you had one health and just yeah <laughs> done done there was no way done. it was a spider exactly. there like, <sighs> um i've actually like we're talking about your gripes of of the game what you didn't like uh, the portals in the ice um, yes. levels they were really i've got some video of me just stuck in a loop of the portal that i couldn't get out of and i think i was like level eight or nine at the time and there was oh, absolutely no. nothing and i really felt at that time that there is a couple of design flaws like that um yeah yeah yeah, I think I had, like, my very first game, I had a portal set up like that. Because also, like, the the time period where they can grab you again is really, really short. And I think it's deliberate to encourage you to move, but it can, it can trap you in a loop, absolutely. Mm. Like, I think the only way I got out of the loop I was in was letting myself fall on some spikes and take damage. Yeah, I could. I had nowhere to go because there was just nothing underneath me. So it would just drop, put me in a loop and then drop me through... On like to nothing, so there was nothing I could do about it. But mm. um, but when I did finally get there, like so, end of um, the game, you get on a rocket ship to escape the evil scientists, 
and you land on a desert island where you end up just having a holiday. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's nice. That's, that's the end of the game with the credits rolling and that. But it'll then take you back into the um, main screen, like the where you start off and you get mm-hmm. to buy all your bits and pieces. And you actually have two more characters. Oh. So two more characters come to play and they are Draco and Hawk. And they have different abilities as well. Mm. Mm. Draco is more like Ace. He's got short range weapons. And then you've got Hawk, who I played for a little bit because I always like a good whip in a game. Like, just to get that extra ah, okay. further distance if you're playing with something that's not doesn't shoot. Uh, but they then also have different, like they might have less health or less power when you start. So, right. Yeah, I guess just to make the game more challenging. Mm. In the options menu, there's a there's there's mention of Draco, and 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 additionally in the options menu, you can do things like get rid of the explosions or get rid of shrapnel, which I found I. I found getting rid of the explosions helped a lot because if I was surrounded by enemies, I would go, am I alive? Am I alive? Am I alive? <laughs> What's happening? Uh, but, you know, it, it, that's also good. It's good accessibility for people with um, people with low vision. It didn't seem to have a, a colour blindness mode, but I don't oh, I didn't think... I that. Yeah, I don't think there were any game mechanics based on colour. Like, you know, you can only, only destroy green with blue. So, yeah. So, you got any final thoughts? Do you think you'll... F- Try and finish the game? I'm definitely going to try and finish the game. It's enjoyable and the deaths aren't really that punishing because you kind you kind of know it's all temporary anyway, like getting a bit philosophical and woo-woo. It's, it's funny going from I am dead to this and it's like this is just sort of pure fun, anarchy, chaos and whatnot which means it's kind of fleeting and you can let it go. And I Am Dead is also about letting it go. (laughs) (laughs) Just in very different ways. Nice little tie-in. Yeah. What do you think? Um, Any final thoughts? It reminds me that this kind of games are my... This is what I like, like the platform, fun games. And and the whole point is you are meant to die because if you don't die, you don't get all the awesome new abilities. So it's... Mm. That's the whole point. So, yes, I'm definitely always up for playing more of those and looking forward to when they bring out a sequel. Yeah, well, the sequel is um, 30XX and that is in open beta on Steam right now for Windows. It will be coming to consoles as well uh, later this year, I think. Yeah, well, as you know that I've, I've finished it, so I, I don't feel the need to go back to it now, so... Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm ready to move on to uh, whatever we do next. So, Yeah, so what are we doing next month? So this month we're going to do a double feature because both games we picked are quite short. The first one I picked, and that's Toby the Secret Mine. It's a little bit like Limbo, apparently. I happened to choose it because my brother's got into Switch for the first time and he had it and he recommended it. So I'm going to give that a go. Uh, I've picked Pan Pan uh, because 
BJ has said uh, that she'd like to play it. I've actually played it before, so uh, this is one that I'm going to be interested to see BJ's opinion when I already know about it. Um, now, Pan Pan is available on um, Switch, iOS, Windows, and Linux, I think. Toby the Secret Mind is on Switch and Steam. Oh, no, actually, it's on Switch, PlayStation 4. It's on everything, pretty much. Right. So, Great. There you go. <laughs> yep. Have you, have you had time to play anything else while you've been playing um, <laughs> 20XX this month? Well, as I mentioned, my brother's just gotten a Nintendo Switch and his daughter's got one as well. So we spent last Sunday playing the original Borderlands that's been redone for the Switch. So <laughs> that that's interesting going back that far. I'd never played the original one. I'd only played four. So that... It's keeping me occupied, still more um, Ghosts Recon with friends online. And after finishing uh, 20XX, I was kind of craving some more indie games. So I've moved on, but I might talk about that another time. Oh, interesting. Um, I'm still playing Stray on the PS4, little, little cat game. And um, also taking up a lot of my time recently, during the, their last Nintendo Direct, Nintendo added Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games to their Nintendo Switch Online service. So I have been playing lots of Wario Land 3. <laughs> oh, yes, where... I did pull up the Tetris, the Game Boy Tetris <laughs> on the I had to. Like, I've gone from having the original Game Boy and playing that while going out camping to then having it on a big 55-inch TV. I had to do it. You sent me a video of that. You sent me a video of like the 55 inch pea green soup <laughs> filter. <laughs> Just the way it's intended. How, yeah, how retro games are meant to be played. Yeah. So, what are you playing on the retro? So, you said Wario. Wario. Um, and I have, I have recently got some retro acquisitions I haven't played yet uh, because um, Play Meiji, who are making the Polymega, which has had supply issues, have announced that they should be shipping uh, units in the next couple of months. But yeah, so I've been stocking up on some NES titles and um, Mega Drive. Oh, and Mickey Mouse Legend of Illusion, which is a rare Game Gear game. The irony being I have nothing to play Game Gear games on. I don't have a Game Gear. <laughs> I don't have the converter for it. Um, I, I just seize them and I buy them. just want it. I just wanted it. I just wanted it. <laughs> yeah, so you may realise that um, BJ is quite the collector of everything where I am more I will play a game and I will trade it in and go on to the next <laughs> one. Um, I normally am a one-game-at-a-time person, but... Uh, now with more online gaming and that, you can't. But uh, yeah. my Nintendo Switch is kind of a... Uh, I've always traded up, so it comes from one of the original DS Game Boys. <laughs> so each time I've traded up. Yeah, so... Yeah, sweet. Uh, but that's the only way I could sort of afford to do it, do it in the past. Yeah, yeah. Like my, my NES through to my GameCube. Was was exactly the yep. same. So I sold I sold my NES to a cousin and bought a Super Nintendo. Actually, the Super Nintendo got stolen. I used the insurance money to buy a Nintendo sixty four. Um, <laughs> and actually, no, I gave and then I gave the Nintendo sixty four away to my nephews because by that time I was working and could afford to buy the GameCube. <laughs> 
I still have my original Game Boy somewhere. So nice. Hmm. It doesn't turn on yeah. anymore, unfortunately. I need to. Yeah. Okay, so that sort of wraps us up for this month's podcast. It's uh, yeah. So um, yeah, if if um, if out there you have any comments you'd like to share with us on um, I Am Dead or Twenty XX or our upcoming games uh, Toby the Secret Mine and Pan Pan, uh, go ahead and do that on our socials. So uh, we are BJ BJ Game Show on Twitter. That's B J A Y B J, and you can also find us by searching on Facebook or Instagram. We now have as well. So, um, yeah, seek us out and let us know what you think of the games we've played so far and are playing in the future. Yes, and if you have any indie games that you're really passionate about that you think we might like, uh, give them a shout-out too. Thanks for listening to the BJBJ Game Show for this month. Hope you join us next time. Happy gaming. Happy gaming. That was the BJBJ Game Show with BJ Hobbs and Brendan BJ Jones. He played 20XX from Battery Staple Games and Firehose Games. Our next episode on Toby the Secret Mine and Pan Pan will be released on April 22nd, 2023. Uh, to, give, to give the listeners an idea, uh, my, my most played games are Splatoon 3 with 45 hours, which is rookie numbers for a lot of Splatoon players. Um, and the Super yeah. Nintendo... Uh, the Super Nintendo app at 105 hours. <laughs> 60 hours of the Nintendo 64 app, but most of that is Ocarina of Time. <laughs> so 2020, 20XX 20 uh, is clocking in at 40 hours at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and that's in four weeks. That's pretty bad. Um, I don't know what else. Um, Diablo 2. 35 hours, but that's something I play with online. Um, what else we got? I've got Blossom Towers 2 at 30, but I haven't finished that yet. So mm. I got a bit frustrated. But I think Drumroll is Kirby in the Forgotten Land, 50 hours. Oh, right. But I, wow. I 100% of that. So. Ah, yeah. Yeah, they'll yep. do it. Yeah. And I would say it's too far back to look at Zelda Breath of the Wild. That'd be up in <gasps> yeah. probably the 100 or. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I caved. I've ordered the special edition of Tears of the Kingdom. Ah, I haven't pre-ordered yet, but what are we going to do when that comes out? <laughs> so, dear listeners, this month's game is Solitaire, because that's all we have time to play, because <laughs> we're playing Breath of the Wild. No, um, no, we will definitely, we'll definitely find time to play. Probably, probably a smaller game for our June episode, I think. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs>